I think touching on what you said about like your buckets with working and things like that, I was always someone who like who liked work, but to a certain degree. Like you're after eight hours, I'm all like, bro, come on, like I'm on snooze time. I want to go home. I want to do this. I want to do that. And this for someone like deep into a corporate environment. But I think that with the craziest shift that I found myself was as soon as I started this, dude, time is not even there anymore. I want to work more. I want to stay that external. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm coming up, I'm ready to sit down. I'm like, yo, I don't have enough time. From the first being like, oh my God, like eight hours is like way too much. So like, no, 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 I want more. Give me more. Let me put my weekends into this. Let me spend it at 2 a.m. Okay, you know what? I'm doing this. Blah, 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 blah. I'm this, this person. Let me reach out to him. Let me write this down. Let me do this. What I do here. And going through everything. And I feel like when people say like, oh, do what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. But when you actually translate that into something that you can quantify and actually look at, like, you know what? I'm starting this. I feel like you just tap into such a different part of yourself. And how do you think you felt since you started that? Because I know you used to work in sales. So how, do, how does that transverse? It's, it's a beautiful thing you ask. It kind of goes back to the first question of like, why did I go to real estate? You said it perfectly. You said it that if you were to choose one thing for the rest of your life, what are you happy doing? And for me, it's just business, man. I love talking it. I love walking it. I love, I love being able to manage something all the time that's yours. And you said it perfectly. You're, you're saying that when you have something that you can work on, and, and time is one of those things where, like, you know, when someone wants to want a coffee chain, you're like, fuck, man, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Like, I don't have time. It's, it's, not, it's not that I'm arrogant. It's, this is where people confuse the conception of arrogance. There it is. And as you tie it, it's not that He's I, too busy for yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's, he has this to yeah, do. He has that to do. You're too busy for me. You're, you're not, the boys are asking you to hang out. Man, this guy's Hollywood now. This guy's, you know, no. Like, He's influencer. Like, don't talk to him. Like, uh, like, 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 fuck you. Like, respectfully. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's, understanding that you are just on a portion where like you know you're not working homie you're not working like I've, I've had work sessions with people and like they were like yo man we're locked in but homie that's not working you're <laughs> like, like two hours yeah, yeah. you put in things and then, yo. And, and then you compare you compare what you've done in that time and it's not about comparing contrasting but to keep understanding of what other people are doing it's insane like i've gone to friends like vacation with friends and you've seen that like homie that's not work like it's it's and even, uh, even me now, I still feel that I'm not productive at points. I still yes. feel now, because when you start working really hard, you're going to experience this one thing that you think you're being productive, but are you? Are you busy being busy? Because mm. key productivity is working on a task for 45, 30, 20, an hour, whatever minutes, and saying that you did nothing else but that task. No tabs are open, no phones no are phones gone. Are out, yeah. it's, it's, it's full immersion of productivity. That is productivity. And it's, what are you doing in your time? Because what I started noticing was that before when I was in school and I was like, you know, like earlier, it was like managing assignments and oh, I have so many things to manage. But when it becomes impossible to hit your to-do list, you have to learn how to prioritize. Hmm. And that, if you ask me, which was another one of the business challenges I had to learn, is that how do you prioritize? How do you understand which, which tasks are important? Which can I push off? Like, Sally, fuck, just, do I really need to give Sally time right now? Exactly. Like, like, you know, she needs help in sales. No, like, like, or she needs help in marketing. No, but like, our customer meeting's tomorrow. Or you have a pitch tomorrow. Or you have something. To, it's always about priority. It's understanding that you have an end goal. What is your end goal and what, are the, what steps can you take today to get to that goal? It's understanding that there, there's just one saying, man, I keep referring to this guy, Alex Ramosi, because I've just been a lot of rel- rel- recency that I've listened to him a lot, which is the work just needs doing. The work just needs doing. 
there are tasks that no one is going to come do for you. You put those tasks off, I put those tasks off. What happens is that those tasks, like editing a video or doing something repetitive that you don't want to do, but those tasks need to be done. The work just needs to be done. And when you understand that no one's going to do it for you, it's so crazy how easy it is to beat other people. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I'll loop it back around. What I mean by that is so many people think that they're, they're, they're being productive and they're working and they work on something but for a very short period of time. They work but for a very short period of time. And what happens is that in that short period of time, you haven't worked long enough on that task to fully let your brain sink into what you're doing. And you fill in an application, do a couple questions, you task jump, you task jump, you task jump. I, do, I used to do task jumping all the time. It was my thing where like, I would sit there and use all my brain power in the morning and like start working and working and working on like screen, 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 screen. Like, you know, someone messaged me, oh no, ping, oh no, sale, oh no. And you're going back and forth. And I know a lot of people can relate to that right now, but what happens? It's like grabbing a bunch of cups right now, pouring a little bit of water into each. But what happened? The glass, your main jug is empty now and that's your energy. But like you filled a little bit of water into every one. But what if you were to fill a jug, fill a glass, put it to the side. Fill a glass, put it to the side. Fill a glass, put it to the side. What's happening now? You are now actually producing something of value. You're producing something of work. And it ties into what people say of, you're doing too much. One really early lesson I learned was, a lot of people are managing 10 different things at once. And it's, they're part of clubs, they're part of side jobs, they're husbands, they're working on um, home projects, they're working on a business, they're realtors, they're like, you see it all. They're running podcasts, they're doing this. But what happens is that it's the same analogy. When you spread yourself out in so many different ways, what ends up happening is that you, you push yourself for that version and you suck at every single task you do. It's, you'll be a shitty husband. You'll be a shitty business owner. You'll be a shitty a coach. It's understanding that if you, were to, if you were to put something to the side and instead of running seven businesses, put all effort and money into one. Imagine where you could go. If I took your podcast and said you're not allowed to work, you're not allowed to do anything else, only your podcast. You would flourish. You would flourish. But the reason is because you know that you're putting your heart, soul, blood, and sweat towards one thing, and it's success. That is one of the biggest things that I had to learn young. And I had to drop businesses. I had to drop out of projects. When, when, a, new, when a new occasion arrives, I have to say no. You have to. Because if I start giving my love and attention to somebody else, what happens to my main, my main source? I start deteriorating as a boss. Mm-hmm. It ties back. I start deteriorating as a leader. I start giving my team less time. And it's, it's that time principle of spreading yourself out that goes on even to a broader level. So that's what I think will really, 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 really kind of a longer version of, of answering a question, which is impact. It's, it's what are you doing on a consistent day-to-day basis to be productive and actually work. I feel like you always mention there's a couple of things that's, you always talk about Alex Ramosi and Ed Milan and all these crazy people. And I feel like you say you draw inspiration and also mentorship from them. Who are your mentors in your life and what makes a good mentor? So it's funny you ask me. Um, 
I was thinking about this question earlier today, and it was it was it was just being grateful for the people that I've had, and I think that mentors don't physically have to be in front of you that you meet every day. Of course, I have those people. I'll get into that, but mentors can be people that have spent years and years and years researching a topic and have made the mistakes that you don't have to make. They've made the mistakes that of spending the thousands of dollars on an ad that you don't have to spend. And you would be a fool not to use their advice. And that advice is in formats of when you read a book, the first thing I do is I research the person. Is this person someone reliable? Mm -hmm. Is this person someone who can be a mentor? What have they done? Do they have what I have? There's a thing I learned in really, really young is listen to people who have what you want. If you want to bake a cake, <laughs> yeah. don't come to me. I can't crack an egg. But if you do want to learn, learn from a chef, someone who's done it, someone who knows the ingredients, how much salt to put, how much sugar to put, how much cream to put. They know. So the analogy of books and analogy of doing this stuff has been where are my mentors? Who are the people that have performed? And that was something that why I have the Ed Milets, the Tony Robbins, the Alex Ramoses, they all specialize one thing, but there's one thing that I know is being a student and learning from every different person different things. There are things that I've heard from Alex Ramoses that I wouldn't apply in my personal life. It's those buckets. Mm. But then there's things Islamically that I've learned like my religion-wise that I wouldn't follow from Ed Milet. There's it's pulling together your sources of information. Kind of taking the best from all the worlds. Exactly. And putting it into one and making sure, like, you know what, this is how I want to live my life. Because exactly. the principles that I believe in. Exactly. And, and what, happened with, what happened with me, and if you ask me about specific mentors, I've had a couple, man. I think, I think my brother, first and foremost, has been someone that has helped me through thick and thin. I feel like having someone who's experienced very similar things, again, having like a foreign family who's from like back home all over the seas, Pakistan, and it's like, Having a family that doesn't understand culturally where you're set right now, um, it's difficult for them to understand processes. So my father's, of course, always been a mentor in sales, but they're operating very, very different ways. But my brother has been someone who's raised here, who's made the mistakes, who's talked to the way people have talked to, who's done the networking, who's done the sales, who's done the communication. And it's like I've been saved from a lot of fires from my brother, and then I have other mentors in sales, like um, like Ali, the kid's one of my mentors. He's someone who's like... I was literally the other day, I was, I was just really excited because I was getting, like, you know, we, our customers are closing and I was just really happy. And one of my mentors told me something, um, and he's, he's the founder of very, very successful companies, and he tells me, he's like, Imam, and you've heard this somewhere too, but if you fly close to the, close enough mm, to the sun, like Chris, yeah, yeah. you will get burned. And it was, I was doing all this work, but then stuff started happening, you know, lawsuits and like things like, um, like hate comments and things like things that would just bother me. But that's what flying close to the sun does. Mm. And my mentors have showed me so many different pathways of here's the experience that we have. Here's what we can save you. And if someone can save you that time block, that advice is worth millions of dollars. Because you're saving, someone's helping you save time. With the flying close to the sun, would you say that's kind of like helping you keeps you grounded? In that sense? Or, or do you have like mentors who just feel like, yo, when you tell them something, blah, 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 and then they hit you with a, yeah, this is great, but let me tell you, like, let me pull you back down. Like, yo, <clears throat> is that something that you see? <laughs> it's funny, like, I, I would use that analogy, but differently. It's the people, when I'm flying close to the sun, 
they're trying to get me around the sun. <laughs> they're trying okay. to get they're trying to get me to go full circle around and stay longer and like get more burn because that when that rocket comes out, what's happening? It has a lot more data. It has a lot more numbers. It has more analogy for being closer to the sun. Right? It's it's a good thing. The grounding part are people that you meet a lot of. You meet a lot of people that aren't that are just trying to like, oh, you know, it's okay. You've done enough, sweetheart. Like you know, um, you why you know, why are you working so hard? Relax. Those are the people that are trying to ground you. But the people that motivate you is that when you come with a success, great, celebrate your successes. And I'll come back to that, which is celebrating your own wins that no one's going to celebrate for you. And grounding yourself wasn't, wasn't be the term. It's more pushing you on how you can get past this thing now. Now let's get, clo- let's get, let's get closer like, to a next galaxy. Let's, 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 let's push further. Like, we, right, we get it. You've done it. But what's next? And that portion has been something that's been very, very like, useful for me. Because it goes back to that arrogance portion where it's like, you know, when you had nothing, when you didn't have a lot to show, when, you know, you were, you were the kid a lot of people misunderstood. But when things start happening, you start getting excited. But this is why you have mentors to show you that, buddy, if you get caught up in the distractions now, you will stay caught up in the distractions and you will get lost. I think two things with that. One, tying it back to that first quote I said about Marcus Aurelius and how he had someone say, you're just a man, you're just a man. I think in that aspect, that was his, like, well, he was an emperor and stuff like that a little bit differently. And second thing about distractions, I think Hermosi quotes the Matrix going on the girl in the red dress, right? And throughout your career, we're all, you'll always be, you'll always have that girl in front of you, whether it be, and whatever it is. For me, for, for, for what I would say is, what was your girl in the red dress? So with that analogy, I really like it because like it's from the matrix people don't know like you know neil's walking down the street and yeah, yeah. he has like you know he looks it's like a black and green kind of environment and it's it's like oh look there's a girl in the red dress and he wasn't looking he's like look again and the guy looks and there's a, there's a gun to his head so what's cool part of that is that yeah man like as as just like the small my, my main red dress has been like you know oh shit someone wants to start another company with me mm. oh shit someone powerful wants to do like um, who has a lot more money and an investor wants to, like, you know, do this project with me. Um, oh, crap, like, this guy wants to start a podcast. Um, you know, this, this company wants to, like, buy you out at an early stage. And there's, there's so many things, like, real estate was another huge one where I wanted to go into real estate and, you know, desperation for money. I wanted to go make money. But that delayed gratification... Delayed gratification, there it is. ...is something that has been one of my biggest learning lessons. That if you work for a year for free, for somebody who, again, has, has had the experiences, done the work, done the points, that year is more valuable than 10 years worth of pay. Because you're now going and you're delaying gratification, it's okay. And you'll realize that's when the CEOs you meet that have closed multi-million dollar companies, like hundreds of millions of dollars, they'll say the money wasn't the port forced for them. Money wasn't the push. And you know what happens? In the beginning, it is. It always is. Even for me, it is. But it's going away. Because I know that it will come. I have trust that it will come. But what can I do now to solve the problems of what I'm doing? What, 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 what problem am I solving with my product? And then it goes back to that loving your work. Becoming fully immersed in what you're doing and being okay with not making millions of dollars right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That's why startups fail. It's because there's, there's a saying that even in podcasts, that if a podcast, the, the, uh, to be part of the top 90% of, sorry, the top 10% of podcasts, you have to publish just 30 episodes. 30 episodes, yeah. 30 episodes. 
And it goes back to that point I was making earlier, which is so easy to be people, man. Exactly. Consistency in doing something without having to retain a reward the next day, doing it again and again and again and again and again. But expect, not expecting gratification the next day is something that will get you so much ahead of other people. I feel like touching with that is what I kind of do with the gym. It would be like when I first started on and like the whole journey was like, yo, I, 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 got, I got a pump, whatever. I go to my brother, I'm like, but yeah, what's my shirt? Where the abs at? And again, the next day, I go up to my brother again. I'm like, Baya, I got three months till I go to India. Or three or two months till this date. I'm like, how do I get abs? But how do I get abs? But how do I get abs? And he was someone who kept me grounded in the sense of, yo. If you want that, respectfully, it's not going to happen. And he's like, the sooner you realize that, Noam, is the sooner you will get what you actually want. And I feel like with that ideology of lifting, transverses into my podcast journey, being like, yo, I know it's not going to work. And I know that it's, sorry, it's not, not going to work. I know it's not going to happen tomorrow. And I was going to take a time because this isn't the first time I'm starting something. I've been lifting accounts. You've seen it. YouTube accounts, this, that, and the other. I feel like it's the same thing of that delayed gratification was so hard to learn. 100%. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's something that, that you'll see the people that go out and go ahead of other people are going to be the ones that were okay to push their, push exactly. their results. They're going to be the ones that were okay sleeping on the gym floor. They're the ones, they're the ones who are going to be okay with not expecting whether even if it's the abs portion and it's weight portion or it's money or it's career it's the people that are the leaders and everyone will agree with you that they're okay with the small wins exactly they're okay with understanding that you just closed your first deal go celebrate they're okay with you know you 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 lost 10 pounds you dropped the shirt size that's amazing. That's lovely. Take that, it's, take it's that take, win, enjoy it, because no one else will. No one else will. And it's unique to you. And I want to touch on that point of selling, like, because I think it'll bring a lot of value, which is understanding that no one will celebrate your wins like you want them to. Exactly. No one will celebrate your wins like you want them to. And anyone listen to this if you got this far, which is, I want you to understand that you have to be your own biggest cheerleader. Exactly. And as cliche as it sounds, celebrate it. Celebrate that win because that is what gets you to go for that delayed gratification, which is understanding that you worked hard, you did all the efforts, you held consistent, and you know you you yielded a result. Let that fuel you. Let that be something that pushes you more and more and more and more onto your next goal. Let that be something that all right, you know this is step one. What's that? What's next? That one. What's next feature? is something that has been really, really beneficial. And if you genuinely want to make an impact, no matter what career you're in, you've got to realize that you will be alone at points. You will be in times where no one understands. Sometimes the main people you're doing it for are the people that will be against you. And it's hard. It is. It's not easy. But again, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to like end this off with one of the biggest things I say, and everyone's heard. Diamonds are made under immense, immense amounts of pressure. And pressure creates uncomfort. And uncomfort is where you grow the most. That is where you will make your impact and you will change the most. If they say if you're presented with a lesson, again, 60 days after you performed it, the last time you react the same, you haven't learned. Exactly. You're a loser. Straight up, you're a loser. But changing from situation to situation, making yourself uncomfortable, being that diamond, molding, growing, that is what creates value. 100%, I think the best way to wrap it up was, like, it was beautiful when you said it, it was 
kind of touched on the first point of being no one will understand your why and no one will understand why you work so hard but you're also going to be the only reason why who celebrates as, as high as 100%. you guys and I feel like that's just one way to encompass the entire thing is you're going gonna to be like, you're gonna be there the saddest you're going to be the saddest when the business is going down you're going to be the happiest as well I feel like there's no other better way to put it but yeah ladies and gentlemen <laughs> ladies and gentlemen that's in the podcast thank you thanks so much man. Whew. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy.